Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff. Bef- host Jeff Ellis. I should probably say my full name. Listen, it's three. Uh, I'm hoping that this is logical and sensical. But as I said, I am your host, Jeff Ellis, host of Lockdown Guardians. Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7 and many a Cleveland sports blog before then. So this is my time of year, my Christmas, my time to shine, as it were. That's why you're getting two bonus episodes, not one, two, with the mock draft. Also over on my website, MLB Draft. Uh, I want to make sure I get it right. I should probably, you know, know this down. MLBDraftNow.blogspot.com will have, you know, the full written 80-pick uh, mock if you want to go see it. That's right. In between the first and the second one, while I was doing some processing, I went and added the picks for the compensation picks at the end of round two. 80 players. Let's get into it. Pick 23 the Toronto Blue Jays. So what we know about the Blue Jays is they like advanced hitters. They like bloodlines. They like, uh, those are the big things. (laughs) And when I was looking at who has bloodlines, uh, and I looked at a few like consensus things, Tucker Toman's name is popping up. Dad is the middle Tennessee coach. And in the rare case of a dad at a, you know, a second division program, didn't make his top uh, recruit son to go play for him. Tucker Toman was committed to go to LSU. I don't think he's getting there. At least I want to say it was LSU. You don't see that happen often. A lot of these times these coaches end up having their sons come play for them. And I understand it's probably a bit of a dream for both sides, but it also inevitably hurts their kid's draft stock. Uh, son of a coach, advanced approach. I think he makes perfect sense to the Blue Jays right there. Red Sox at 24. This is another pick I had some debate on. Because they've been more prep heavy, but they've been up the middle focused. And this is not a point in the draft where I felt super great about any of the prep players. We've kind of gone through the prep bats that make sense. This is where you're looking more at college pitching, college hitters, but specifically your college hitters and prep pitching. Now, the Red Sox could be a team to go prep here. I wouldn't put it past them. They've been linked to Kumar Rocker. I know he's not prep, but just in terms of ceiling. And when Bloom was with Tampa, they had a lot of success going with those prep arms uh, with these picks. Still, Drew Gilbert is a name that's rising. He is, he's got a lot of fantastic data. He's got a high level of performance. Uh, will he hit for enough power? I'm not sure, but he is the name to kind of watch. I think his, his value is currently on the rise. Former two-way player, great athlete, strong arm, really good production. New York Yankees at 25. Uh, Spencer Jones has been connected there, and I don't know where to slot him. He's one of the many behemoths in this class, and it's not just because they like uh, because they have Aaron Judge there. Uh, they're not afraid of guys being too big. Some teams will look at Spencer Jones and think he is too big to succeed. That's one of the reasons Aaron Judge fell in his draft class. Uh, he has monstrous exit velocities. He has put up some great production. I have my own concerns. Yes. I'm a sizist in the other way. I'd rather guys be too small and too big. And Vanderbilt's uh, track record in hitter production has been quite low uh, until recent years, though. We should clarify. But yeah, I'm I'm nervous about the size. The Yankees, I don't think, are. And there are people who absolutely think he's a top 20 player in this class. I, a decade ago, would have put him in the top 20. Honestly, it's just one of those things over time and seeing... Similar guys not work out, has kind of adapted things with me, but he has been connected there. The Yankees are a fairly conservative drafting team. Makes sense. Chicago White Sox. Tucker Toman is a guy that I think they wanted 
I think most think he's not going to get there. He could go in the teens. He is a name that is rising. Uh, they have been also on a lot of college arms. Looking at the college arms left, uh, Cooper Jerpe is who I slotted. They don't have a problem with weird arm angles. Uh, they like advanced secondary stuff with their current core. Having a guy that can move quickly is a bonus. There will be those who view him as the top, a top 10 talent in this class. Uh, and if the White Sox are one of those, then it makes sense here. There are people who legitimately view that even though there's no one with his release slot, that his release slot is an effective one. I'm not saying it is ineffective. It is an effective slot, but we don't see starters with it. And that just makes it difficult. I, I'm i always nervous with the unicorns. That just, at the end of the day, uh, through my 14 years of covering the draft, I get nervous when we're talking about a unicorn. Uh, so I am lower, but... You know, I wasn't the biggest guy on Garrett Crochet. I don't think the White Sox have any regret there either. So I think he makes sense to that to the Chicago White Sox. The Brewers are going to look at data, models, and production. Who is the most productive player, arguably, at this point in the board for a major uh, program? It's Jacob Melton from Oregon State. Uh, power, walks, I. You know, he's a little bit older. That should be there, but he's played a solid center field. Uh, Brewers go for production, and Melton has put up elite production this year. I could see him going higher. It is interesting in general, the way things fell, because there is so much depth to this college outfield class, and because in general, college outfielders actually have not translated super well to uh, the majors once being drafted early. Uh, They're kind of sliding a bit in this mock. Next up, the Astros at 28. Uh, I put Eric Brown, the shortstop from Coastal Carolina. They value... Uh, elite production they would look at him and yeah there's moving parts that have people scared off this is a guy who hit in the cape hit for the small school program a lot of nice tools he's probably going to get overlooked and there'll be teams who won't even consider drafting him in the range where he was is likely to go but i could see the astros doing an unconventional pick they've done that before and i mean he's a very good shortstop maybe the best defensive shortstop in this class so there's you put him at the right levels you can immediately increase his value as a first rounder with his defensive ability as a no doubt shortstop i i think it's a natural fit the rays are here at 29 and the rays have a lot of picks we should just point that out you know through the way things have come together the rays have traded for picks they have many picks in this class I think that sets them up. They have taken, you know, the sliding prep pitcher before Dylan Lesko's on the board. I think they pop him here. I think they take a player who is too good to not draft and find a way to get the money together. You know, skimp on a few of your other picks, come back. And, you know, when they did Nick Bitsko, it cost them $3 million, But they found ways to spend that, spread that money around, even in a small, uh, a five-round draft, a shorter draft. So I think they wouldn't have a problem popping Lesko right here. It'd be a surprise, but they've been connected to a lot of prep arms. They do well with prep arms. And if you're Lesko, why wouldn't you want to go there? It's a top five developmental program. So we're going to do the Giants pick because that ends the first round and gets us into our compensation pick. Picks, I should say. And then we'll uh, take our first commercial break. So the Giants at 30, Drew Gilbert had been a popular player there. This is a relatively conservative drafting team. The college outfielding group is outfielding. College outfield group is pretty deep. Uh, the Giants have also liked guys in California, and Brock Jones could actually be a player that maybe is rising late in the process. Started out miserable, but has those, I mean, he was a more of a special teamer on Stanford's football team, but he was a safety recruit, uh, very good athlete. Just, it's coming together for him. Now, Stanford's 
track record is poor when it comes to drafted players. That's going to be an issue. Uh, we've seen a lot, a lot of very high-profile Stanford players struggle. I think here, though, he's an interesting gamble due to the power and speed profile. And for a Giants team that it was connected to uh, Drew Gilbert, I mean, he's a center fielder. I think you feel pretty good about him playing that position. Uh, Jordan Beck could also likely play in center field, but Jones is probably a little bit of a higher ceiling and a more likely center fielder. Let's take that break here and talk about one of our fantastic sponsors. And that would be the Sports Card Investor app. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Let's talk about the, you're going to get a chance with these new young players to get a whole new set of sports cards. And there is no better place than the Sports Card Investor app. I use it myself. I've got the cards back here that I've looked up. You know, they are always adding to it. And what's nice about it is it just scans the cards for you. It cuts out time. It's not you sitting there typing it in through eBay. But guess what? It's also connected to eBay. So it can help you find out value. It can even help you connect and figure out sale prices. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're an avid collector or if your collection is has dust in the corner. This is going to be a useful app for you, either to turn that dusty old collection that's just sitting there into money or to help you find the cards you want at a reasonable price. Make sure you go today and download the Sports Card Investor app available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores or go to sportsinvestor.com backslash locked on. Actually, go there because that probably helps us more on our end. Okay, so we did the first round. Now let's get into these compensation draft choices uh, in this class. So the Rockies at 31. I believe that's the Trevor Story comp pick. They have a lot of players to choose from. And I had some big debates here. Originally, I had them going with Jordan Beck. I pushed him down a bit. Rockies go for power, right? They like power pitchers. They like uh, power hitters. But I'm going to have them not do either of those. That's right. I'm actually going to go against what I have here because I was looking at it and I'm second-guessing myself. And I'm actually going to bump Thomas Harrington up. Harrington has a pitch mix that should work in Colorado. He hasn't been pitching for super long. Uh, he's a draft-eligible sophomore, highly productive out of Campbell. Campbell's been a place you need to go hit. That's also Cedric Mullins' school, so some recent success as well. But I think you don't mess around. I think you take a pitcher who looks like he would work in Colorado with the secondary offerings, with the command and control. You you don't putz around. You just grab the guy who should work. The Reds at 32. Uh, if Lesko was on the board, he's the pick. He's not on the board. So Connor Prelip is. And Prelip is the guy who could have been the first overall pick if he had been healthy. And this is something you'll hear repeated on draft night. Uh, just hasn't pitched enough. But man, fastball slider combo is absolutely deadly for a lefty. Uh, I think at this point in time, there are some prep arms that are interesting. But I think Prelip is the way to go. And then that leaves the Reds even more money. Because I don't think he's going to be a huge cost guy. They can come back in the second round and see which prep arms are still there and still go pay for you know one of the top five to ten prep arms in this class orioles at 33 i have sterling thompson outfielder florida so a pet peeve is when i see someone talk about model-based hitters and they talk about the draft eligible sophomores being part of a model-based approach because they're 20 that's not actually part of the model like a lot of teams like the guardians like the cleveland guardians haven't drafted a draft eligible sophomore in forever it's been a very long time they seem to avoid the type and it's because those players have always been old for their level. And that's the important thing. It's not about being, quote unquote, you know, young 
relative to the draft class. It's about your age relative to the level of the players you played at. They've always been the older player. So that, that's also part of my reason. And honestly, when I go through, I need to sit down and just do a full in-depth approach. But the, it's also a category group that I feel like has not been as successful. That being said, uh, Sterling Thompson is an interesting player. This I got to do a quick pause here. I apologize. So Thompson was highly productive this year. It's one year of data. Good hitter at Florida. It's just a matter of pick your favorite outfielder here. I'll be honest. I think Thompson fits with the Orioles, and I think he'd make a lot of sense. Speaking of pick your favorite outfielder, D-backs at 34. They like athletes. Jordan Beck is still on this board. Easy selection for them with Jordan Beck. Uh, they, they could go prep, but again, Jones is going to be expensive. Beck should be for about slot in here. Maybe a little bit cheaper. Probably not, though. So you're just looking at a way to make the money work. The Braves, we talked about they added this pick to save money to go get Kate Horton. I think Dalton rushing is absolutely fascinating. I think he's widely undervalued. I'm going to push him up from my own board, which, let's see, rushing. Nope, we're at the top now. Never never lining this up. Uh, he, you know, Louisville catcher, highly productive group, uh, might be better in Georgia Tech catchers the past few years. Hits the ball hard has good contact rates, is a better defender behind the plate the more I watch him, and would likely be a money-saving pick. It would be a great pick, and you know the Braves could use catching depth in their system. They traded their best catching prospect to, to bring in Matt Olson. Rushing could immediately join, uh, maybe be their top catching prospect. 36 is a fun one if you're a Ohio listener. Jacob Miller, right-handed pitcher, Liberty Union High School in Ohio. Ohio hasn't had a quote-unquote first-rounder in a very long time. I was trying to, I didn't go dig it out. I probably should have. You know, I, I remembered Cameron Vergara, who went to the Rays years ago, was a second-rounder. It's been a while. Miller to the Pirates is one I've seen in a few places. I think that is a consistent one. He's got nice secondary offerings. Not the biggest right-handed pitcher, but can really fling it. Uh, fits kind of that Pirates approach where they're taking interesting guys. They're not necessarily going with like the biggest or the strongest. They're building a really fun grouping. Gets us back to the Cleveland Guardians here at 37. One of the players, if you listen to the first part of this, that I thought could be on their radar as high as pick 16 if they're looking at college pitchers to save some money was Justin Campbell. He fits their style to a T in terms of command. Uh, he's a little bit big, but they've been connected with a few bigger arms. Uh, they, they typically don't, you know, they're not sizists in Cleveland, let's put it that way. But he's got the command control they like. Him still being on the board is a bit of a surprise. I've just had the college pitchers get kind of moved down a bit overall. And, you know, his he fits up value. He's a good value. He fits their style. Uh, I was very tempted by a few other players like Mikey Romero here. But Campbell was just too much to pass on. So it is Campbell there. Uh, the Rockies at 38. I move people around, right? So I'm going to go with Peyton Graham here. Uh, Peyton Graham is the shortstop from Oklahoma who most people have in the top 30 just becomes a value. Rockies tend to be a little more conservative. The fact that they can get a chance to grab uh, an up the middle player, a shortstop to go with a DH and a pitcher. I'm sorry, Barry can play first base. Uh, It just gives them another option up the middle. He's a, a strong college performer who really seemed to be coming into his own over the second half of the season. And yeah, we got time. Let's keep pushing through. The Padres, the last of these competitive balance picks, we move through them. Carson Wisenhunt, he looks like he's going to go somewhere around here, maybe even earlier. I've seen him in the teens. Uh, Former East Carolina picture, uh, got uh, the performance enhancers, said he took the wrong supplement. That's all we know. 
Uh, didn't look particularly great in the cape, but he's a lefty. Looked really good a year ago. Looked like a t- first-round pick. Looked like he'd be a top 30 selection. Got you know size, build, secondary offerings. It's more that, and the nice thing in some regards, if you're a team like the Padres, you're going to draft him and he can pitch for you this year. Not not in the big leagues, but you can put him in the minors and start accelerating uh, that developmental clock, as it were. It's not like most of these college arms who have to sit. So yeah, this kind of makes sense for his value overall. And that actually gets us through, well, okay, we're going to do the next two picks and then we'll go do the Orioles and we'll see how much of the second round we can get into. The Dodgers at 40 have been linked to Jacob uh, Mizorowski, the right-handed pitcher from Crowder uh, Junior College, a spin rate guy, a big velocity guy. And then you have to talk about the fact that the Dodgers, their draft pool, their draft pool is the smallest. It's 4.22 million. Uh, the Giants are at 5.7. So it's, it's significantly small. Like, uh, you know, the Orioles have over 12 million more than them. So it is a small pool. If you can get a guy, and uh, Mizorowski has been connected with the Rays as well, and I think the Guardians, uh, in terms of teams that have looked at him, he's an interesting pitcher. He is the type of guy that you buy now, thinking he's going to be greater later, and you save some money if you're the Dodgers and uh, can spread it around a little bit more. He's not really a top 50 guy on most boards, but you can certainly see the ceiling with him. And then with the Red Sox here at pick 41, they'll take Jude Fabian. I'm kidding. This is the Jude Fabian comp pick for them not signing him earlier. Listen, with the way things played out, originally I was going to have Peyton Graham here, but I've kind of, like I said, moved my board around. Uh, I think when you get Drew Gilbert, that might be enough savings for them to take an interesting pitcher here. And the question is, which interesting pitcher? And I'm going to give him Robbie Snelling, the quarterback Las Vegas guy. Now, he could be long gone at this point in time. It's just a matter of eye of the beholder. I you know, I think he's more valuable than this, but I think Gilbert saves you money. It allows the Red Sox, who have multiple selections, to come back around here and you know add a really interesting college pitcher. It's a high enough pick that they should have the money to be able to get him signed. We're going to take that break, come back, and talk about uh, round two. And we are going to take a second here and talk about our good friends over at BlueNile.com. For those who are not familiar with Blue Nile, they make one-of-a-kind original jewelry. If you are looking for a piece for your significant other, something that's going to stand out from the crowd, you want to go to BlueNile.com. If it's engagement or if it's for fine jewelry, you'll find that they have 24-hour support available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So here we go. Round two. We have gotten through you know 41 picks in the course of two days not too bad uh while i sit here at uh if you're curious it is officially hit three in the morning my time orioles 42 i know they already took a, a college outfitter but jude fabian was the player that they were linked to a year ago supposedly that was where he was going to be uh where he's headed before the red sox drafted him refused to honor the not honor. They offered him a set amount. It was not the amount that he had been telling teams he would sign for. So the Orioles have a chance here to get him in the second round, which is what they were going to try to do a year ago. And, you know, they just keep collecting outfielders who hit for power. 
43 Diamondbacks, Owen Murphy, right-handed pitcher from Riverside Brookfield, uh, committed to Notre Dame. Originally, I did have Robbie Snelling here because uh, they like athletes. Murphy is a legit two-way guy. As a third baseman, he probably would have been like a day two pick. Not the biggest pitcher. That's the knock, but good fastball, good athlete. The Diamondbacks aren't afraid of size. They got Zach Gallen down there performing after all, and you know they like athletes first and foremost. So Owen Murphy makes a lot of sense there. Pirates, Noah Schultz. I joke about the fact that when I said I think Noah Schultz is the most likely player to make it to college after Andrew uh, Dudenkevich, Dudenkevich, can't say his name, uh, you know, pulled himself out of the draft, and you know Noah's dad liked it. Now Noah's dad likes every tweet that is mentions his son. But the other, the interesting reason why I think he ends up signing is originally I had heard a five million dollar bonus for him, and then I heard two to three. So it's the the bonus is there was given bad info, which is always possible, or it moved because he wants to sign. Pirates saved money. We talked about that. The call your pick, they saved money. Uh, coming back here, Jacob Miller takes some of it, but he's not like a a huge huge cost. I don't think. Now he, he's a Louisville commit, and he is a top fifty prospect most places. But I think these two players, they can definitely fit in at this point in time. Nationals, what I talked about in part one, they like a guy who is has sliding value. And that'd be Blade Tidwell. Not Blake, which I have written here, but Blade Tidwell, <laughs> the right-hand pitcher from Tennessee. Uh, most places, would probably be the top college uh, performer left on the board. He throws really hard. It's just a question of, are you afraid of the possible injuries? We know the Nationals they don't blink when it comes to injuries. So uh, at this point in time, he makes a lot of sense for them there. Uh, going Elijah Green and Tidwell. I mean, it's probably going to be expensive between the two of them, but I think it can fit. Marlins, Jackson Holiday is expensive. What do you do here? You take Jake Bennett, who's an older left-handed pitcher, highly productive out of Oklahoma, who is a way to save money, but get a guy who's, you know, Maybe he's not the 46 player on a lot of boards, but I feel like he's in the 50s, 60s, maybe the 70s on the late end uh, in terms of this draft. 47 Cubs. A name they have been connected to is Henry Bolt, the outfitter from Palo Alto, California. Super athlete. One of the the big athletes in this class. We talked about the fact that the uh, college, the prep hitting in this group isn't as deep as in other years. He's an interesting player. Big bonus. If they go with the cheaper, the perceived cheaper player there to save money with uh, Neto, then they would have that to go here and get Bolt. 48 Twins, Ivan Melendez. They love that type, right? So instead of taking Jacob Berry and then coming back here and trying to find like Nick, uh, Nick, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, probably I want to look at it so I can say it correctly. Nick Morbido, Morbido would be, I think, you know, taking Ivan Melendez here and then Tamar Johnson. Most people aren't going to argue with that. And the power hitter, people really love him. Like they, and the twins love that DH type. They've taken a lot of, you know, the Aaron Sabatos, the Brent Brookers, they go for just pure production and he makes sense there. So the Royals save money at 49 or at nine. So here at 49, uh, they may not necessarily love this draft, and they, you know, traded away a draft pick to get out of it to a degree. But what happens if uh, they take Jackson Ferris? Now, Ferris might get to Mississippi. He's kind of that pitcher that I feel like has the best chance, and Mississippi often does end up having a few guys scoot through. But in terms of if you save money with Crawford, who are you going to spend it on? Jackson Ferris 
is a player who makes sense and has the size requirements for uh, for Dayton. Rockies, again, right? Like they're one of the teams that just keep coming back in this draft. Why not Reggie Crawford? Uh, he is a complete unknown. He's a big risk. He is a, you know, just, but there aren't lefties who throw as hard as he does. If you can refine him, uh, you know, it's going to be hard at his age to turn him into a starter, but there's just, he's an interesting player. Could be a bit of a money-saving pick there as well. Tigers at 51. They like SEC starters. Peyton Paulette from Arkansas. He doesn't get hurt. He's top 15 in this class. So just pure value fits what they like what they look into when it comes to the draft okay error has been fixed (laughs) and uh the player i want to put here to the mets is gavin turley the outfielder from arizona who is committed to uh oregon state now we know we talked about the fact that uh, epler really like toolsy guys that's that's turley like you want a power speed combo you want a guy who runs but also has like you know elite you know 70 grade speed 60 grade you know probably like 65 to 70 grade speed and also 60 power well that's that's turley he's the high ceiling type that uh could play center field that we saw again epler do in his time there so with the new york mets on the board of 52 they haven't really you know those first two picks weren't the most expensive they can have the money to come back and get i mean brock porter is going to be pricey to a degree and jay's Young, uh, Jung, but they have uh, enough picks to make this work for them. Padres at fifty-three, so let's let's just keep going to Tennessee, right? Ben Joyce. This is a guy who most think he could be quick to the big leagues. Uh, AJ Preller, he has to win this season. If he doesn't win, his job is gone. Why not take a chance on? Now, it's a big chance because these quick to the majors relievers never seem to work out, but. If it does, hey, you got a guy who can help you this year come up, pitch, and play. And there's been some issues in that bullpen. They have great starting pitching. They could use more depth in the bullpen. Uh, Getting a guy to help save your job in the second round isn't the worst uh, asset abuse. It's not always ideal, but it's not the worst. Guardians 54, Mikey Romero is still out there. Uh, They've been connected to him. He fits so many of the things they like. Uh, California shortstop, big program good hit tool i know that's two shortstops in this class but uh i mean they've had that miguel cairo yordis valdez uh and you know milan tolentino they, they like california kids they like guys like romero the reds here at 55 jr richie stands out in terms of the prep arms left one of the last of the big name guys uh him and tristan smith richie is a top 30 guy on a lot of boards a lot of places getting him here with the money they've saved talk about it the they've had two picks that aren't the most expensive they have so many picks i think they could get a player like richie here 56 the braves tyler lockler first base in vcu vcu not the biggest program let's just get that out of the way he hits the ball hard he was successful in the cape he's got a good launch angle he has you know exit velocity scores you want to find that under the radar guy who's going to end up being a great player could be Tyler Lockler. He is a guy that if you have all the data on, you just like him more and more because he has everything in place to succeed. How are we doing on time? I think we can get one more in here. Braves at 57, Landon Sims, right-hand pitcher. Mississippi State, he's hurt. We don't know if he can ever be a starter. He might just be a great reliever. But uh, when you're the Braves, I mean, you might be able to even save a little money on that pick. I don't know, but it makes sense. You can just get an interesting arm, a guy who is viewed as a top 30 talent before the year began, before his injury. And I can keep pushing. Mariners, 
Adam Mazur, right-hand pitcher, Iowa. Kind of fits what they look for in pitchers, in my opinion. I think he would be just another great arm. And again, it's we're starting to thin out that college group, but there are people who are very high on Mazur. And then, listen, I'm going to 59 and 60 back-to-back catchers. This is where we end it. Logan Tanner from Mississippi State, just a pure value pick to the Cardinals. You want a guy who can defend back there, that's Tanner. A bit of a down year offensively, but the best defensive catcher in this class. Blue Jays like bloodlines. What about Cade Hunter, whose dad, Scott Hunter, is a scouting director for the Seattle Mariners. Big exit velocities, big launch angles, good framing. Some debate about his ability as a catcher, but bloodlines and some good, uh, you know, tooly things you look for in offensive profile. I got time. Last pick. Here we go. Parker Messick to the Yankees. He is was just able with funky delivery to be a dominant starter. You know, he does a lot of things, and I think he could be a you know and a back end MLB starter. He's a lefty, good secondary offerings, good command and control. Some people get on his size and don't like you know how big he is, but I think you know the Yankees have drafted a lot of you know ACC SEC productive pitchers. He makes sense here. Sixty one picks in the books. We're going to end that here. If you want to see picks 62 through 80, you got to go check out my blog, MLB Draft uh, Now at .blogspot.com. You can see that entire listing. Thank you if you've listened to both these episodes. I appreciate that. Uh, make sure to follow me on Draft Night. I'm going to be all over the place. So the Twitter at Draft is the best place to follow me. Uh, and as I end every show, even the ones that aren't really about them, go, go, Guardians, go.